Hi, this is Jerry Conway. Tom DeFalco. Ron Friends. Paul Jenkins. J.M. DeMatteis. Rob Rodriguez. Jim Salakrep. Danny Fingeroth. And you're listening to Amazing Spider Talk. Welcome to the Amazing Spider Talk. My name is Dan Gavazdan, and I'm the editor of SuperiorSpiderTalk.com. And I'm Mark Chinacchio, the editor of the Chasing Amazing blog. Thanks for joining us for the 14th episode of Amazing Spider Talk. We hope you enjoy this podcast and that it provides an intelligent conversation between two fans and collectors as we hope to look at the Spider-Man comic universe in a bit of a bigger picture, maybe even a multiversal picture here mark i i i think after this you know i i'd like to cool it with the multiverse for a bit although i guess that's not going to happen right <laughs> <laughs> at least one more for well, the there's time at least being. one more and then a secret war so multiverse for everybody but um yeah so for this episode we'll be discussing amazing spider-man number 14 by dan slot giuseppe Camacoli, and olivia quopel which uh, is the last chapter of Spider-Verse. We'll be reading your comments and emails, giving away prizes, discussing Spider-News, including some uh, pretty big announcement regarding uh, Hollywood and Spider-Man. And then we'll be concluding with a discussion of Amazing Spider-Man Volume 2, Number 35, by J. Michael Straczynski and John Romita Jr. I thought maybe we would go so long with Spider-Verse that those numbers would start to sync up. Uh, <laughs> not quite. Yeah, right. <laughs> Soon enough. <laughs> Has it only been going on for six issues, Mark? Well, you know, when you count the tie-ins, you're almost up to issue 35, right? Yeah, yeah. No, no joke. No joke. <laughs> of course, if you hear this sound, please check out your iOS device for a link to an article, video, or image to enhance your listening experience. We got a lot to talk about today, Mark, especially in the latter half. So let's get right into the final chapter of Spider-Verse, Amazing Spider-Man number 14. have not been overly kind to Spider-Verse for a while now. So, uh, you know, big last shot for Dan Slott to redeem this storyline. Did he do it? Uh, no. <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, I, I just don't think you could say it any more or less plainly than that, right? I mean, this this was, I mean, I guess on the flip side of this, you know, when we, when we experienced this with Goblin Nation about a year ago, um, you know, I think I think the the flatness of how that all ended kind of caught us off guard, 
even even though the quality of the book had been kind of going downhill in a few issues leading up to it, I still think there was kind of a oh wow the, he he really didn't stick the landing here. Whereas with um, Spider Verse here, it, I mean we we kind of saw this train wreck developing a while now, and and lo and behold, it it just it just did not you know did not land. <laughs> I don't think um, there's there's you know we we, we could certainly just run through a list of details and plot points that we just thought were silly and absurd. I mean, I guess, you know, probably for the intentions of this purpose, uh, the all intents and purposes of this debate, we should just kind of talk about some of the broader things first and see what, see where our spirit lies yeah. <laughs> <laughs> as we get down to it. Um, so, you know, the big, the big complaint we've had, Dan, since this, you know, for a while now, it's just kind of this idea that, you know, Peter was kind of taking a back seat, that the storyline just really didn't have a, a real focus or theme or any heart, emotion, any character. Um, and and also, like, the story, the storytelling was very sloppy. And, yeah. you know, you open up this issue and, like, my jaw hit the floor because... One of the first things that we reveal in this issue was that Silk was captured. And, you know, you got to think that with, you know, all these tie-ins and, and, and whatnot, you know, we had Karn switching sides and, and Spider-Verse team up. And we had Leopold the robot being rescued in Spider-Man 2099. And, you know, Dan, you and I are, were good soldiers and read all these books. I know most people didn't. Yeah, like, yeah. But, like, you're telling me we couldn't work in Silk, you know, the bride, one of the three, you know, super special spiders for the inheritors. Her getting captured doesn't even make it into the comic? That's ridiculous, right? Well, the, the crazy thing about this is that in Spider-Woman 3, for those who read that issue, it is literally a recap issue of everything that's happened in other books. Like, there is really no new plot development in that issue. And the only way you would you would you know it leads into Amazing Spider-Man thirteen, uh, but like, why not have that issue depict some of this? Maybe it's like mixed up in the timeline. But like, I mean, at this point, I, I hate to say this, but Spider Spider Woman number four came out the same day as this issue. Maybe you could show that happening in that book. I don't know. I mean, it comes back to the same thing that. You know, I, I I brought up a couple episodes ago is like I would love to see the layout for this this story. Like Nick Lowe just seems asleep at the wheel. Like where is the design for this story to play out? Yeah, I mean it's it, it's like you know it's one of those things where I mean like for me this isn't just like this isn't just an opinion. Like oh well I didn't like it. You did this with the character. I mean that's just fundamentally poor storytelling to do that. It just, and that's, and that's why like, you know, for all the people that are kind of rah-rahing this storyline, it's fun. It's this, it's these kind of just, these are inherent flaws in structure and like, you know, like, like, like writing one Oh one story structure one Oh one that this story fails to deliver. And when it, when it fails on that kind of, base level how are you supposed to even attempt to 
get engaged and everything else. You know, like how how are you supposed to just let go and let the good times roll? You know, I can't. You know, like that's it's just like you know it's it's like <laughs> it's like going on a job interview and having a typo in your resume. You're not going to get that job. You know, <laughs> well, it's it's funny, Mark, that this is such a big sticking point for you because at this point, I've like all but abandoned the idea that I'm going to get a very coherently mapped out story. So, you know, at least I'm hoping for some kind of statement or theme or character moment in this final issue. And like I, you know, uh, guessed or uh, prognosticated in in previous uh, episodes of this show, you know, I, I said, I guarantee you that Dan Slott brings Peter back to the f- focus in the final issue so that he can get all these big leader moments and defeat these guys. And, you know, that's how Spider-Man works, right? So, like, it's not a surprise. But this issue is a litmus test for everything that came before it because Peter comes back as the leader here, and I just don't care. Like, this it's completely unearned. Like, any any, we have all these charges of, of... of Spider-Man coming back from their different universes, which I mean, like, come on from the, from the day that they were sent off on their own missions, you knew that's what's going to happen. Fine. So be it. But there's a way to still make that dramatically rich or exciting to see how they're going to come back and help turn this tide. Right. But literally they might as well just be coming back and running into a wall. Like, right. Well, I mean, and also, I mean, you know, like, we had like these all here comes the cavalry moments, but we had about what three of them in this issue, which, you know, like they just kind of negate each other after a while. Like, you know, like you just need that one kind of, you know, Oh, here's, here's, here's the person to save you know, the unexpectedly help save the day. And instead we had it with miles and, and the, the web warriors and, and, um, Leopold, the robot. And That's then Leo Pardon. Leo Pardon. I'm sorry. I'm thinking of, French dictator? I don't even know. <laughs> Does it matter? You'll no. never see this robot again. No. Well, you know, I guess I think I, I refer to the robot as Chekhov's robot in my Sp- <laughs> Spider-Man 2099 write-up. I was like, oh, I guess Chekhov's robot does exist. Yeah, right. Um, and, and, you know, well, yeah, exactly, Dan. I mean, you know, we, th- these, these are all these, like, you know, Telling no, not showing, not telling, kind of things, or or vice versa. Excuse me. Um, you know, you had a nice moment with um, Peter, kind of letting Spider Gwen do her thing, but it's just a moment, and it was like, and and part of it too is I haven't really had any reason to give a crap about Spider Gwen as much as I'm looking forward to the character in her own series. I'm looking forward to her the, the the book because it's being written by the people who made her interesting in the first place, not because Dan Slott's involved with it. Right. You know, like I don't think Dan Slott's done Spider Gwen any favors. No, she's just character she's, number five or whatever. Yeah, exactly. You know? I mean, it's like it's like that that game on on the iPhone. You know, it's like you know, it's like character mod one. You know, like it's they're all interchangeable. There's no, I don't right. know. Do they have do they have special skills in that game? Maybe they do. I don't know. They, they do, they do, but it's it's still really negligible. You find one that you want to use, and that's it. And in this case, if I'm going to make this analogy, the one I want to use is Peter Parker. So there you go. And I I wrote in my review that like you know, the reason we read these comics 
is because of the humanity and the moral question that is at the heart of them. Like the mythology is important. Like, but it doesn't matter that Spider-Man was bitten by a spider. Like all this stuff is nebulous. It's just nonsense that's kind of fun to read, right? But what makes the character interesting is like who's inside of the costume. Right. You, you know what I mean? Yeah, That's yeah. what made Spider-Man so popular. Stan Lee figured out it wasn't just about the powers and the and and the suit, you know? Well, yeah, and and I would one up you and say and this is what makes I feel like the precipitous fall of his character so devastating is I feel like Dan Slott got that with Spider Island. I mean, that's why we, I mean, at least for me, that's why I speak so highly of Spider Island because that final chapter, it was, you know, you, you know, because the, the whole premise of that story is everybody has spider powers, but Peter, Peter saves the day because it's Peter, not because he's Spider Man. You know what I mean? It's, it's the person under the mask that figures it out. And, you know, because at that point, it's like an even playing field, but he's still rises to the occasion, right? I mean, that's, to me, what's always been the heart and soul of that storyline. And, you know, Dan Slott seemed to get it for that. And then I guess he just decided after that story that he didn't need to do a Peter story anymore. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, look, if if these stories aren't about the costume, then it's very clear to me that Spider-Verse is just a fashion show. It's how many costumes can we get out on a page to yet you squeal in joy for seeing them. And I, I, I know I can speak for you on this, Mark, that the joy of seeing new costumes died out months ago. Yeah, I think so. Like, you know, I, I, to me, the, the, the whole costume thing was, was effective in Edge of Spider-Verse because it felt like, you know, it was a prologue, you know, like it felt like gearing you up and these are who the players are going to be. Um, but that's not ultimately what that series was. It was just, you know, more cash for Marvel and for the spider office. Yeah. I mean, you know, we got some good stories out of that, but you know, I sometimes do wonder what would have happened if like edge spider verse came out in the midst of, of this storyline rather than as the beginning would, would, would I have received it as warmly as I did? Yeah. You know? uh, probably not. Um, I mean, although the stories are, are are pretty good. Yeah, they are. They are. Um, but getting back to this, the whole charge Mm -hmm. that we were talking about, another thing that I think really undermines that is that we were checking in on these people the whole time. Imagine if, you know, like I speculated in the second issue of this, they all got sent on their own ways and we never dealt with them again unless you went out and bought those books and you could keep up with it. But right. like how great would it feel to have a reunion of them at the end of this after they've all had their own trials and tribulations in their own books and they all come back for one big moment together again? And that's what I expected would happen. And while it's formulaic, at least it would have felt like that's how you structure one of these things. Right. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, you know, but I mean, in the same vein, I mean, you know, I think, and I don't want to try and have this both ways, but, you know, one of the things that this storyline really suffered from was that, you know, it, it attempts to pay off plot points that really never got the appropriate build, you know, like, because, you know, they were essentially brought up and then abandoned and then, you know, suddenly brought up again as if they're still important. Sure. Like, 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 I mean, the stuff with Karn and, you know, we, we, 
we kind of saw that coming with the the Spider-Verse team-up book when all of a sudden the character was just like reintroduced as being a pr- critical part of the story. And, you know, you know, we had those check-ins with him periodically in this storyline, but like it, you never felt like they were going anywhere until all of a sudden they needed to go somewhere and then it was there. You know what I mean? Like there was no, no build. I mean, you know, did not to jump around um, sequentially with this, with the story here, but you know, same, same with my, my, I mean, my biggest issue with the ending, this kind of, you know, warm Peter and silk, embrace i mean whatever for whatever you want to say about excuse me while i go vomit (laughs) you like you like the touch of the candles in the background it's so romantic mark oh i know well happy valentine's day dan oh well Uh, (laughs) um yeah but but the point is even putting aside like just the the ham-fisted way that the two of them are being paired off like that dynamic has not been addressed in issues like like months. You know what I mean? Like, who has cared about Peter and Silk? We've been given no reason to care about it, and now all of a sudden it's like this warm reunion, and like we're back up where we belong again. And you know, cue the the big big song finale and the candles and all that kind of stuff. I well, mean, like especially after the way that Silk has been acting in this book. Like, right. If anything, she's been a thorn in his side the entire time. Like right, what right. Do we, does does anybody want this? If any of our listeners who are listening right now like Silk as a character, are looking forward to her book, and feel like she and Peter should be together, I encourage you to write in because I would love to find out who you are. Yeah, I mean, like I, I got I was talking with one of our one of my readers, one of our listeners, um, and. He was saying that he's kind of looking forward to Silk just because, like, from the preview art, it kind of looks quirky. But he also acknowledged that the whole thing could be a disaster, um, which is fine, I guess. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, like, I, uh, you know, I, I make this clear in my write-up in, in Spider-Man 14. And, and, you know, I think I've even said this on the show. I'm not buying Silk. I, I just, it's like, you know, enough's enough. I don't, th- this character is... You know, like, and and it's not about like the Mary Sue stuff or anything like that that people are throwing out there. It's just that I feel I've been given no reason to care about this about this character. Yeah, like, like she's not an engaging character. Period. I mean, you know, it's just it's just this character that's there, and you know, I feel like this is a very cynical ploy by the Marvel office to like, you know, get get money from people like us, Dan, who, you know, just tend to blindly buy it because it's part of this, you know, part of the core group of, of, of spider books. And yeah, I mean, like if there is one moral lesson to be had from this story, I have become way more cynical about my purchases. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, and the fact of the matter is, I mean, it's, I find it interesting that Silk and Spider-Gwen are coming out the same month because the fact is Spider-Gwen is kind of like a happy accident. Like, like they put that book out because it was like, oh wow, people really like this character. Silk was always part of the plan, and that's what just kills me. It's like if, if she was always part of the plan, you really didn't do much to help her, you know? Like, why am I? Why would I go out and read this book about this character? But again, like I said, it, it, putting aside even what you think about the character, it's like just the whole dynamic. I mean, you know they. They, you know, it's like Slash trying to come back to the fact that, you know, when the, the two characters first met, they had this, like, unspeakable attraction. But that that whole thing hasn't been, like, you know, maybe if 
the pheromones, <laughs> you know, I always you, I, I can't believe you're saying that, Mark. I know, I know, I know. But I'm like, but maybe if like this this idea played an actual role in this story, the fact that they kind of were finally able to have this peaceful reunion, but all they could do is hold hands, would actually mean something. You know what I mean? Like, does that make sense to you, Dan? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like, it's so forgotten, Mark. Yeah. That uh, they have to remind us. That the pheromones are still there. They're like, are, are the pheromones still working? Exactly. I mean, again, this is these are just inherent flaws, Dan. I mean, inherent flaws in storytelling, and, and like it's just, it's just unfortunate. I mean, like you know. But um, let's can I, talk. Can about... I give one positive? Please. It's not even really a positive, although I found it intriguing. Mm-hmm. The sequence with Moreland, um, you know, attacking the special spiders. Yes, and causing them to bleed. I thought it was interesting that um, Slot had divvied them up uh, based on how they received their powers. Mm. Um, you know, there's Silk who got it by accident, and there's Kane with the other, and there's uh, Benji the baby um, who got it through inheritance, and right. um, by killing or bleeding them or whatever. <laughs> the, uh, I, I, is that a thing? Uh, I guess. Yeah. I, lo- I love that he cuts Silk's hand. It's like at this point, why don't you just kill her? Yeah. Right. Well, I, you know, do us all a favor, really. But <laughs> uh, it's like Scott. It's like Scott Evil. I'm gonna get a gun, and you're just gonna shoot her. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, so, uh, but I like the idea that by doing that to two of them, it is cl- like what I take what I take away from this. And correct me if I'm wrong, is that it has prevented spiders from uh, spider totems from being created through the other and through accident or coincidence. The only way to pass on or create more totems is through uh, inheritance or bearing a child. Is that is that what you got out of it, Mark? Yeah. No. I mean, that's that's your. You're probably – I don't want to say giving it more credit because I do think that's what it means. But, I mean, that's probably the most insightful way of looking at it. And, you know, it would be nice if, you know, something like that was explained five issues ago. But, you know. Yeah, alas. I mean I, it doesn't do anything for me emotionally. I just thought right. like, oh, that's kind of clever. Like, you know, that would have been clever, yeah, ha- had I uh, – But like um, – but, but I kind of feel like, Dan, that, you know, yeah, we knew – and we and we you had talked about this from the beginning. Like, so why are we doing this hunt, and what's the purpose of this uh, with the inheritors? And um, you know, it was never really established that you know it, this wasn't just about them hunting and killing and praying and eating the life force and all that. I mean, this was this was a plot to you know eradicate the spiders you know what i mean to to prevent future generations from coming and and maybe if that was established in clearer terms um the stakes would have felt higher here instead right. of just yeah like, we still don't know why they're so obsessed with this i mean it's completely like incongruous with um moreland from the uh, jms run right like their motives are completely different right and you like know. I could see someone saying right now to us, like screaming into the mic, the, uh, their podcast, like, oh, they're getting revenge for the death of, you know, their, their mother or whatever. Um, but right. 
but the spiders didn't do that. Like that was the master weaver, unless we're counting him as some kind of spider totem. Not that we know anything about the master weaver and how that works, which we'll get to in a minute, I'm sure. Um, Are we? I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, right. Do we even want to give, uh, give that the time necessary to discuss? Yeah, I mean, I, something I do want to discuss too, and and you know, again, we 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 played this game during Goblin Nation and stuff like that. It's just the 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 lack of the lack of consequences and stakes. I mean, you know, okay, granted, we got this this epilogue issue that you know Dan Slot promises will be big, big changes, which you know I, I don't know what you could do at this point that's going to be big, but. I mean, there's rumors that, like, Gwen and Peter are going to switch universes, but I don't know why in the world you would do that because Gwen's book is... Is that still a a legitimate rumor or was that just that one site that said that? I mean, it's the one site, but, you know, I've heard it. I've heard it resurface over the past week. So I, I feel bad giving it credibility here. Um, I mean, I mean, my speculation actually will have more to do with Otto. In his role going forward. Well, sure. He has that moment where they're like, we can all go back to our own time. And you see him going, huh. But like – and yeah. I'm not going to even get into how time travel works in this book because it's just baffling to me. Right. But like but, – uh, but, but I was going to say, so you know, on the topic of Otto and consequence, I mean, so he kills the Master Weaver and it's like, oh, you, you killed him. That's not – you can't do that. And then Why? it's like, okay, moving on. Right, I mean, it's like it was. Did, did anything come of that? I mean, I guess we'll find out next issue, or or maybe not. But yeah, no, totally. Like, like you know, uh, why like, did he think that was a good idea? I yeah, mean, that, that it, doesn't even matter. Like at this point, like the idea that that uh, characters have their own thought processes in a Dan Slot book for the past year and a half—that's forget about that. Like, right. Right. His thought process might as well be, I got the script from Dan Slott, so. You know, and, and you know, I, I read this somewhere else, and I, and I think it's true. You know, I find this, find it odd that this was, Spider-Verse was originally pitched as an auto story, because, like, I feel that he is just as neutered in this story as Peter is. I mean, it's like, it's like Slott didn't know how to write either of them at the end of the day. I mean, like, I don't know, do we really even care what happens with Otto at this point? Like, this is not the same vibrant character that he was a year and a half ago. I mean, if I'm being honest, Mark, if I didn't have like an investment in this, like my friendship with you and our podcast and my site and, and all the listeners that I've bonded with over the past two years that we've been doing this, you know, I would have dropped this book and I wouldn't, I would not be insulted if we like lost listeners because, you know, they're not interested in, in finding out more about Spider-Man. I mean, obviously, I would encourage you to keep tuning in and being part of our community. But, like, I have no investment in these characters or this creator at all. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, I don't disagree with you. But I'm not leaving you, Dan. No, 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 no. I'm not going anywhere either. Um, I can't quit you, Dan. Right. Right. And, (laughs) you know, before I think it was like I couldn't stop reading Amazing Spider-Man – uh, like I just wouldn't because I've been doing it for so long. Now it's more about the relationships surrounding the book that's keeping here. But like my pull is getting increasingly more uh, towards the image side of the pile. Yeah, 
Oh yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I I buy my image books in trade format. It's just what I do. Um, but no, I agree. I mean, I think image is where it's at. Um, you know, I I, I think that. I mean, you know, I'm kind of happy that. Marvel has this new Star Wars stuff now because, yeah, I mean, I know you're a hardcore fan and you probably have some issues with what's going on. And I, I'm a hardcore fan too, but I mean, it's just kind of like something that's different and independent of everything else. And, you know, I think for the most part, the writing is pretty good and the art's good. So um, it's just something different to look forward to. You know what I mean? Like that's, sure. that, that's in, in this, in this medium that I love, but, you know, hasn't really been loving me back. And, you know, and there's a couple other, like, random series. I mean, you know, we, we talked about our love for Ant-Man. I thought the second issue was as good as the first issue. Yeah, me too. Um, um, so, and I think Spider-Gwen has promised, too. So it's not a total total meltdown. But, I mean, you know, the, the fact is this flagship book, I mean, for me, this is as joyless as it's been reading Spider-Man since One More Day. And at least with One More Day the light at the end of the tunnel was with brand new day for better or worse. As, as I've been talking about and chasing amazing the last month or so, there are actually some really good Spider-Man stories, you know, like back to basic Spider-Man stories that came out of the, the, the torture that was one more day, that kind of like slow death spiral of everything I know about this character is just being flushed away for whatever reason. Yeah. And Spider-Man uh, has definitely been bad before. And I wouldn't even put like, we don't like these books, but I, I wouldn't put them at the bottom of the barrel of Spider-Man. No, but at all. But, but, but I but I do think that, that there there is something to be said about, like I said, the, the the joy you the joy we get in reading them. Like I mean, like you know, like reading Spider-Man during the Clone Saga became work, and that's why I ended up dropping the book for a while. I mean, that was that was years ago, and and reading Spider-Man during one more day was work. This is this is work again, Dan. This is this is like okay, where you know, like like I'm, I'm I keep waiting for that like just that great story to kind of pull us out. Something where it's like, all right, you know, like we're back. All know? I need is one issue that brings me joy. Yeah, and I mean, I I need more than an issue. I need well, I would like more than an issue, but like, I, well, no, but it, I mean, but it would be nice to get a reminder. Because we, because we, we liked the first and third parts of this story, Dan. That's what I'm saying. I need more than okay, an issue. Okay, I, need, okay, I, need I need a story. I need, I need, I need a beginning, a middle, and an end. Whether it's one, whether it's two, two issues, three issues, whatever, six issues, I, I, whatever you want it to be. Maybe it's Jerry Conway's arc coming next month. Maybe that that'll be the 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 the, the joy. Can't wait. But, yeah, I think so, but. Let's get back to this issue. Yeah. So, okay. Um, do you want to maybe? Because we're already going long, and we got a lot of other stuff to cover. Do you want to kind of? What are five things from this comic <laughs> that I don't want to say irritate you? Do I have to limit it to five? Let's just the five. The five most egregious. Uh, five most egregious specific things that happened in this issue for you. Well, let's not do five. Let's go back and forth because I think we have some shared ground. So I'll start it off. Okay. Peter's plan. It's all going according to plan. Yes. The plan is to like 
run into a room screaming, waving your arms with your friends? Is that it? I guess so. I think it's, to, to paraphrase a very wonderful movie, I got a plan. <laughs> I got 12% of a plan. <laughs> 12% is uh, gratuitous here. I, I I would have really appreciated if like Peter wanted to like get some guys like wooden leg or something because I think that's what the <laughs> that's what his plan needed. Yeah, right. Just <laughs> just one wooden leg. Yeah. yeah, I'm surprised Dan Slott didn't make that reference. Uh, well, you know, you know something something really horrible would happen. Like a, P, a character would like have their leg brutally ripped off, and then Spider Ham would show up and make that reference. Right. Exactly. Yeah. You know. Okay. Okay, All so right, your turn, your turn. So on that note, Spider-Ham. Um, we had two, 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 two Spider-Ham instances here. One was one, – one is a little nitpicky on my part, but like I, I, I wasn't like – you know, I think him being comic relief, it, it needs to be well-timed and to have it like when uh, Ultimate Jessica Drew came back and was like, "Oh, you know, Kane is dead. No more. You know, I, I'm not going to lose another spider or another man." And it's like, or woman, or woman, or pig. It's like it was that was kind of a groaner for me. It was like, come on, like you're you're really, you know, I wasn't even 100 percent certain last issue that Kane was dead. You had to kind of point it out to me. Well, you know, as dead as Kane ever is. Right. Uh, and then of course we had Pig in a Blanket, the Switcheroo, uh, with Benji the baby, which. I don't know. For some reason, like, I saw that moment and I just thought of, like, you know, ABC Friday night sitcoms in the 90s. <laughs> I was, like, looking for, like, the Olsen twins to show up and be like, you got it, dude. I mean, <laughs> like, I mean, like <laughs> even even as bad as the joke is, it like, narratively, like, was it necessary at all? Like, in the middle of this battle, after the baby is already gone, what's the point of hiding in the web? Like, I'm pretty sure that the the inheritors are preoccupied fighting a war right now. Right. I think I think it was all about making that pig in a blanket joke. And I and I and I think that Dan Slott should pay a portion of any profits from this issue to to Geico for doing that <laughs> joke. Doing that joke first and better. <laughs> yeah, I mean it, between that and drawing a naked pig man uh yeah. which like okay fine. Like if you want to do it, great, but yeah. I didn't need a page of that. No. Um, so, okay. So I say Spider-Ham. You go next. Okay. Um, I'm going to uh, one-up your worst idea ever with the scrolls and, and cap it with inheritors' essences being captured in crystals. Oh, God. Yeah. You know, I, I was just kept making fun of secret scrolls, and now we got magic crystals. <laughs> There you go. What new arbitrary plot device do uh, do we have next? You know, like what? Like, I mean, I know this is comics, and you know, the comic book world is filled with MacGuffins. You know, Infinity Gauntlets and Cosmic Cubes and Tesseracts, and but I don't know. I just kind of feel like this is really scraping the bottom of the barrel here. You, you know what makes me even more upset about it? Is that it spells out a Spider Verse two, like you oh. know that that's waiting to happen at the resolution of this story. Well, maybe they can give it a year or six, yeah. <laughs> or never, please. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay. Do I have time? Do I? Yeah, it's my turn. Go for it. It's your turn. So, 
maybe this is not even a quick hitter, but so after months of being built up as like, you know, the bad ass, assiest villains of all time, the inheritors are just kind of a bunch of chumps here. They just literally roll over and are like, all right, fine. And they even after all the murder they've done, they're like, oh my goodness, you showed us mercy. Like, uh, I don't know how to interpret this. You you almost want them to like pick up a daisy off the ground and be like, "What is this beautiful thing? Like <laughs> I've discovered love." You know, you're like, "Ah, oh, kill me, kill me now." Yeah, it's pretty pretty sad. Okay, your turn. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, okay, so we we've covered a lot of things that really bother me, but like this one bothered me. We had like all these setup issues for uh, Spider Girl, right? Of her wanting to get revenge. And I get it. Like she sees Otto kill the Master Weaver and realizes we shouldn't do that, you know. But talk about a clunker of a, of a like, you know, reversal or conclusion to that story. Yeah. Well, you know, I feel like Slot felt inclined to include Mayday because, you know. The MC2 fan base would probably have rioted if he didn't give her some semblance of a moment. Yeah, but like I, mean, f- I mean, fine. Like, it's a conclusion. Good. Like, he remembered that story should probably end. Um, <laughs> but, like, <laughs> I'm not satisfied at all. No, yeah, no. I mean, like, I, I think I'll, I'll buy it, but it's not well done. Yeah. It's not, it's poorly executed, but, like, I guess on the start, I mean, if you told me. You know, gave me the outline of a story and said, so Mayday is, you know, is going to have Deimos, you know, pinned down and ready to, you know, ready to kill. And she's going to, at the last minute, be like, no, I'm not going to lower myself to your level. I'd be like, oh, yeah. Yeah, no, that works. But, you know, in terms of its execution, not so much. Okay, Mark, your turn. My turn. Um, So, again, kind of on the same note. So, you know, we get this kind of. Peter, you know, we don't kill, we don't kill thing, but like, you know, their, their solution for the inheritors is to banish them to this toxic planet that has, you know, radiation levels that's going to, you know, choke them out and kill them. And, you know, on top, so yes. And he's like, well, there's shelter here, but like, you know, don't these things feed on totems and stuff? I mean, are there like canned beans and corn or something in the shelter? Like, I mean, it's a death sentence. Is that not a death sentence? No, you're absolutely right. This is the same thing as like the end of Batman Begins where Batman is is, is fighting uh, Liam Neeson, uh, uh, his Raz al Ghul on the train. Yeah. And he's like, he's like, I'm not going to kill you, but I don't have to save you. And then puts him in death's path. Like, right. that's killing him. I'm sorry. Yeah. That's killing yeah. him. Yeah. <laughs> like, no one dies by my physical hand. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, that, that I mean, and, and to me, that was just slot writing himself into a corner because it was like, you know, we have no one, no one dies and Peter doesn't kill, but there was, there was no other realistic way to dispatch of the inheritors. Yeah, you, know, you can't you can't just web them up and leave them for the police. I mean, to to that extent, like it's kind of clever, like that they're being forced to do what Silk did to hide from them. Like it's an interesting reversal, you know. Yeah, 
I mean, but like you know, there are ways to do it. I mean, you know, you, you can ask Jerry Conway how you how you get out of the corner of like a villains that either need to die or need to be severely punished, but having it with a with a character who's a hero. I mean, you know, maybe. Uh, and, uh, well, you have you have a character there that is primed and ready to do it in Karn. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I, I was gonna say something could happen with Karn, or I mean, hell, like have it so that they accidentally get portaled over to this planet and Peter is like, no, I'm going to get you out. And, but then like the portal closes and the world explodes or something. Uh, you know what I mean? Jones moment. Yeah. 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 I mean, there, there are ways to do it. I mean, without it being without where Peter shows mercy and it's like, you know, I wanted you guys to suffer, but not like this, but it was just kind of like, all right, guys, follow the webbing to the shelter. Um, you know, there's there's bottled water on the left, <laughs> um, some some wonderful dinty more stew on the right. <laughs> well, let me let me piggyback on this for my next one. Oh, which, we go like the pigs. <laughs> oh boy, um, no, uh, like you know, it's a nice moment for Peter to like, you know, sacrifice essentially sacrifice himself, you know, to get rid of Moreland. Like, okay, I'll buy it. Like. He does something heroic for once in this whole story. Guess who came back to rescue him, Mark? Silk Spectre from Watchmen. Close, but no cigar. <laughs> Our good friend right. Silk, who always gets the better up, like one up on Spider Man. So, hey man, it's it's you're 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 starting to really turn on Silk here, aren't you? I mean, look, I don't want to be that guy. I don't think like I saw this tweet that. Dan Slot did, which is already a problem. I should stop looking at those tweets. Uh, <laughs> you know, he's saying like that, oh, you know, people complain that I write really bad female characters, like, and I'm like forcing them into the book, like Silk. But then they also say I write great female characters, like Anna Maria. And I'm sorry, Slot, my response to that is like, as much as Anna Maria is like a cool idea of a character, what do we know about Anna Maria? She has one good issue, which is the cooking issue. Right. And then she just kind of hangs around. Yeah. I mean, she was she was a nice part of the supporting cast during Superior in large part because she was just, I think, so different, which is, again, why we like Superior because it was different. You know, like it was different in, 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 in all of the good ways. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's still an incomplete thought. And. You know, so it's silk. Instant, well, yes, but and silk. Um, but silk is like, and uh, you know, I, I, I don't want to go down this path because let's not go down this path. Do you I'm have any other I, ones? Because I'm, I'm, I'm things, all yeah. out of complaints. Uh, <laughs> I'm all out. Um, I'm looking in my pockets here, Mark, and I, the, I'm not coming up with anything. Um, I, 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 I think that might be it. Um. Yeah, I, I I think that covers it. I mean, you know, magic crystals, naked pigs, bad villains, lame Peter moment. Yeah, that's about it. Oh yeah, Peter kills people. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like, yeah, that's, that's, that sounds about the the you know the outline of a great story, right? <laughs> yeah. So one uh, thing I want to talk about, Mark, is the art in this book. Yeah, I, I got to tell you, the the, the split, splitting of the duties didn't do it for me, Dan. 
Like, I just like, I don't, I don't quite get why they did it that way. Well, I don't think that they chose to do it that way, which, but this again, to me says something like about Nick Lowe, uh, you know, maybe it's about uh, Olivier Coipel, but they're like, presumably he took off the last two issues so that he could finish this issue up and, and, and have the, the conclusion to himself. Right. I mean, right. That's what we have been told, correct? Uh, that's what I was under the impression, yes. And we get nine pages of whatever, 20-some pages from him. So not even half of the book. Yeah. Perhaps next time – this is to you, Niccolo, and I, I don't – I hate being this guy because I know he's probably got a tough job running all these books. But come on. Like get to with your artist early and find out how much time they need so that we can get a cohesive story or just don't use them at all. Yeah, I mean if you got an artist if you got an artist who is notorious for, you know, being tough with deadlines and stuff, perhaps putting them on the, you know, the the double ship book of, you know, each month is not the way to do it. Well, especially, you know, when the story is advertised, you know, as bringing in this guest artist. It's not like the guest artist is working on the other like twice a month books in this series. Get them really early and say, look, this is what we're going to have you do, you know? Yeah, because Coppel was announced in February last, like a year ago? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just want to point out, this just dawned on me, and I don't know why. I don't think Spider-Man 2211 ever showed up. No, he, he, not that I've seen. So... Every Spider-Man ever, eh? No, no, no. Stop it, Mark. You know he's dead. <laughs> sure, he's dead. He's dead. <laughs> you couldn't get an, an alternative universe, Spider-Man 2211. But anyway. We um, did get Spider-Hulk here, I will, I will say. Okay. <laughs> so, um, but yes. But, but I mean, Camo's, I like the cover, the Camo's cover, right? Love and the cover. He, love the cover. But but yeah, I mean, like it, this is not a knock on. I think if Camo Camo had just done this whole storyline, it would be great. From an yeah, artist. absolutely. But I feel like you know, breaking it down like this, part you know, largely because, like you said, it was just poor coordination. It hurt the book. It hurt. It hurt the tone of the book because, like, you you could just tell where the shift happens, and you're just kind of like, oh, okay. And, and to be like, honest, I think I liked Camo's work in this issue better. Yeah, probably because you know he put the time in. I mean, you know, I, I'm not that. I'm, that's not a knock. I, I don't mean to knock on Corpel in terms of his dedication to it, but you know, clearly, clearly, the, the, there was a point in this process where he was just kind of like, I can't do all this. Yeah, and you know, probably these nine pages were when he was past that point, and it was just like, this is what I'll give you. Yeah, and look, camo. If if you're listening, he probably isn't. I'm sure he isn't. But <laughs> but maybe 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 <laughs> anybody who has a connection to Camo is listening. You are a real team player, and and good oh. on you because he has stepped up and delivered so many issues of this book this year yeah. that have been really good. And he's growing as an artist, which means he's not phoning it in. Like he's putting in the effort to get better. Like great. Yeah, I mean, I hate to say it. I mean, I know you, you, you love him, but, like, I'm not looking forward to going back to Ramos. 
Yeah. I, I mean, mean I, I would love to get a bre- some some new – we got Andy Kubert coming up, which I'm excited about. Yeah, Andy Kubert's great. I mean, although, again, I mean, are we going to – is he going to make his deadlines? <laughs> I mean – Who knows? I mean, you know, it's like – you're kind of like, oh, wow, Andy Kubert. I mean, he's done a lot of big stuff, but is he going to really see it through with Renew Your Vows? Uh, I hope so. I hope yeah. so. Mark, I just hope. Yeah. Sorry. All I have left is hope here. Okay. And a grade, which is? D minus. I'm with you. D minus. Good the minus. end. This is the end. <laughs> <laughs> and I think you just figured out our music choice for this. Yeah, there we go. We, we, we generally record and then think of the music afterwards. But, yeah, I think, I think we just hit upon it, Dan. So mark that down. There you go. <laughs> Let's get into our comments and emails. So that's you – know, we got some catchy music coming into comments and emails because, you know, we're finally out of the morass of our earlier part of our episode, Dan. Yeah. We wanted to do that quick, but we – Well, quick, well quick, quick is relative. I hope you uh, enjoyed it. Yes. So comments, emails. Um, so leave us comments and emails. Do that by going to our iTunes and Stitcher pages by searching on Amazing Spider Talk. Uh, so, you know, from there you subscribe to our show, hopefully if, if you just want to give us a trial, whatever, but you know, think about subscribing and after you do that, leave a rating, leave a comment, we'll read your comment on the air and, uh, you know, your ratings help us get searched and, and found and all that other fun stuff. And as for emails, amazing at gmail.com, send us your questions, your comments, your love, your hate, all that stuff. And, uh, depending on how we're feeling and all that stuff, we'll read it right Dan. Absolutely. All right, so kick it off, Dan. What, what's going on here? Well, um, I'm actually want to uh, introduce an, an idea. I, I announced this on the Facebook page and on Twitter, but um, I'm looking to spruce things up on my site, superiorspidertalk.com, um, and, and I'm looking to support some uh, indie artists. So if there are any independent artists or you know any um, that want to get attention, um, I'm going to be changing up the banner on my homepage and on every page of my site. Um, on a monthly basis with new indie artists' work, um, and I'll be plugging uh, your work on the site. So if you want to give it a crack and design your own banner for our site, just shoot us an email and say that you are looking to do that, and I'll talk to you about it. We already have a couple of them already done that are really beautiful, and I'm really excited to show them all off to you, but I'd love to get some more. So if you want anything of yours plugged on my site and you want to design a banner for us, I would happily encourage it. So I hope there's some artists out there that uh, want to get in on the action. That um, sounds cool, Dan. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, there's some great ones. We already have one of Spider-Man all beaten up, swinging over the city uh, that I'm really excited to debut uh, at the beginning of March. Um, but speaking of uh, fan-created submissions, uh, Mark, we have a lot going on here. Yeah, we got some music, right? Yeah, you know, we announced this a while back that we were looking for a new theme song for the show, and boy, did you guys uh, step up to the plate and and deliver some really catchy tunes. So, I've been working with a couple of creators over the past couple months, and uh, now we're going to debut uh, the submission. So we have three submissions, and um, 
We're going to play them here for you, so keep an, keep an ear open. I, I guess it's probably what you're doing if you're listening to this. But um, you're going to be voting uh, by emailing us with the one that you feel is uh, most appropriate to be our new theme song for the main show. Now, that being said, the, we love all of them. So whoever comes in second place is going to be our theme song for our Amazing Friends episodes. I think that sounds great, Dan. I'm I'm a fan of all the submissions we got here, um, especially these three. So, uh, I mean, thanks to everyone who sent them in. But um, seriously, like whatever you guys pick as as our listeners, um, I I have faith in because I think either of these would be all of these would be great. So. Yeah, and I would still happily if anybody out there wants to get in like after this, like or do like uh, segment uh, intros or anything like that. Like, more than happy to to accommodate and, and hear your submissions. So this is not the end of new music, I suspect. Um, so our first submission comes from Mashid, who's, uh, who writes into us um, all the time. And, uh, and he contacted me about uh, this entry. And it's kind of a, he's a, he does hip-hop art and kind of a remix um, techno beats. I don't know if I'm describing this correctly. Mark, does that sound about right? Probably better than I would say it. So yeah. <laughs> okay. So this is entry number one. So if you want this one to be the new theme song, just write in and say entry number one, or you can say like the hip hop one or whatever it, you you want to do, and uh, we'll know which one you're talking about. So uh, without further ado, let's listen to his intro. Yo, what up? It's your boy Genatia. I just want to add, Dan, that that was my three-year-old son's favorite. Oh, <laughs> well, there you go. So he's already got one vote. <laughs> and he also made an outro uh, for us as well, which I didn't even ask for. So, um, you know, that's pretty cool as well, although we're not going to be playing that here. Um, so, But no, if you vote for that one, there's an outro that comes with it as well. The next one uh, is from Ryland Bojack. He and I, I believe his band put this one together. It's kind of the the rock and roll uh, version of this. So uh, let's get right into it. Uh, Ryland's song. This is the rock and roll one. Entry number two. Take it away. Too many who know the angles. Uncover and untangle. All the questions and the webs left out to tangle. Dan, what's our last one? 
Our last one comes from Jeffrey Jackson, who made us kind of a, a synthesized uh, intro to uh, the, the show. Um, so this is entry number three from Jeffrey Jackson with his kind of synthesized introduction. So take it away, Jeffrey. If you want to join the Fantastic Four, you're in the wrong place. Well, isn't this the story of my life? So there you have it, everybody. So get that send send those emails to amazingspidertalk at gmail.com and you know, either vote by artist name or you could probably just write number one, number two, number three, right, Dan? I mean, I think we we know at this point what number was who. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll announce on the next show who the winner was. Uh so I'm really excited. I mean, Mark, this I I'll tell you, like, when we put that call out, like I'm I'm always amazed by our listeners. You know, I, sometimes you feel like when we're doing this, we're just like podcasting into the void. But to have people respond is one thing. But to have people respond and like want to make things for us, like blown away, can't believe it's happening. Uh, I've been kind of like smiling, like giddy, like a child every time one of them comes in. I, my girlfriend makes fun of me about it because I'm just so excited to get this music. Like because. I mean, first of all, if you couldn't tell from my introductions of this music, I am the least musically talented person on earth. Like, identifying genre in music is difficult enough already. Oh, Dan, give yourself some credit. You're, you're something. Well, I played the <laughs> piano for seven years, but you know, I might be able I, to just do a scale. Like, <laughs> oh, you see, I'm, I, I used to play the saxophone, so. Oh, I didn't know that about you, Mark. Oh, yeah, yeah, for, for many, many years. That is very fitting, actually. Yes, for, I played alto and baritone sax all through, uh, from elementary school through college. Oh, there you go. That's cool. We got um, a bunch of really nice emails from, from the listeners um, as well, like without, without questions, just lovely fan mail that, really like helps encourage us to keep doing the show from all over the world, from Israel and, and uh, from Transylvania, Ohio, Ah. (laughs) Um, which I guess it's actually Sylvania, Ohio from our pal, Eric Cox. Um, Although I will say that um, some of the questions, you know, as, as the weeks go on, they, they're no longer relevant. And, uh, or we've already answered them before. Like we got a couple of questions, Mark. Wh- which ones have we been asked about before? Well, so like favorite costumes or or replacement writers for for dance slot. We've we've, we've touched on that a couple of times, but you know it's not it's not that they're not good questions. And fact, they're so good that they get asked of us <laughs> a lot, apparently. So yeah, uh, yeah. So you know, apologies if we're not getting to them again this time around. Yeah, it's worth acknowledging so that you know, like, come up with. We'd love to you have you write in again. Um, but we have answered those questions before. So we got another question, but we're going to save it for later. So in the meanwhile, Mark, why don't we get into our donations and subscriptions? And a little trainer, walk a little proud. 
Now is the time of the show where Dan makes me say silly things over and over again. And also to thank the wonderful people who have decided to donate some of their hard-earned money to the show and opted to join the Friendly Neighborhood Spider Talk Members Club. This week we have one new member of the club. Welcome, Sean Kyle. Uh, Thanks again for your donation. We really appreciate it. And also we can't forget to thank Thomas Aiello, who apparently... Just loves to give us money. (laughs) (laughs) We love you, Tom. Tom, we love you. Um, You really don't have to do this, but we love it. And thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, and uh, Sean sent us a really nice letter that uh, we're not going to read on the air, but I promise I'll respond, Sean. Uh, Thanks again for the really nice letter. Of course, uh, if you're a member, check your email for your free comics this episode. And... uh, as always, if you'd like to become a member of the Friendly Neighborhood Spider Talk Members Club and help support our show, please go to our sites and click on the giant button that reads Friendly Neighborhood Spider Talk Members Club. Now I'm the one that's saying it a lot, Mark. So uh, yeah. are you happy about that, I guess? Friendly Spider Talk Hood Members Who. We're going to get shirts eventually, I promise. <laughs> And it's going to be Mark says, <laughs> Dan says. I want to get a shirt that like doesn't fit on the front. It like scrolls around the side to the back under the armpit. <laughs> All That's right. going to be how this has. Or the font is so small, you need like you need to get it really close to read it. I love the it. The name is so long. Get on it, Dan. All right. Well, while I get on that, let's uh, let's discuss all the enormous spider news that we have this week. Yes, Dan, we got some game-changing stuff going on over the last week or so. Like, who saw a Spider-Verse Secret War story coming? (laughs) (laughs) Mark, it's kept me up at night. I've been writing all these think pieces about it. Yeah, or yeah. or um, you know, and 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 not to, and not to beat around the bush, but we, we we will get to the really big stuff in half a second. But just just some housekeeping here. So yes, we got a Spider Verse Secret Wars uh, series that's going to start. They're not calling these mini series, if you notice. I guess because these are p- parts of Battle World or whatever the heck the thing is. Um, the other thing, which I, you know, I, I'm a little disappointed by Dan, is that you know, Spider-Man 2099 by Peter David and, and um, Will Sliney is going to be canceled. Um, they're going to, they're both going to continue on with a Secret Wars 2099 series, but you know, I mean, they didn't even give 2099 a year, and and like I felt like they were trying to build to something, and then you had Spider-Verse, and then you know, it's going to be done in May, so. I guess we're not building anything, right? I don't know about you, Mark, but I was clamoring for Secret Wars 2099. I mean, I I can't wait to see the Avengers of 2099. Yeah, I mean, if there's any kind of hook, and, you know, maybe this is where that, you know, cryptic epilogue issue comes in, is they have not announced the leader of the group yet. Oh. I I was being a bit sarcastic. I'm not sure if that came through. 
No, no, you're you're. I, it came through loud and clear, and I tend to agree with you. But you know, I, I, my my attitude on that book right now is I'm not interested. But if they announce some bit of news that makes it interested, makes it, it makes it could make me more interested because it, it, me not buying that book has nothing to do with the creators. I like the creators, um, but I'm irritated with the premise that's that of, of the book so far but maybe there'll be some kind of hook that makes me say okay you know what let me give these two a, a chance it's just Cause... very strange because it's the same two guys they just got this spider-man book and then and the sales were very good on that book yeah i mean the first copy sold over a hundred thousand uh copies i mean for for a non-batman slash event book that's pretty good yeah that's excellent um, so I don't know. I'm baffled by it. The designs look kind of cool, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it, it's this is this is just where like this whole renumbering, rebooting nonsense that is going on in publishing right now. And and I know we don't have you don't have this in image. I mean, you know, they just published a Spawn 250. <laughs> I mean, you know, like it's just like I this to me this is killing this is killing fans. I, I'm sorry. Like I I don't I don't I know that the goal is to rope in more casual fans and try and make lifers. But like you know if if you're not even allowing series to get get moving, then what's the point? Like, yeah, but sales are through the roof, Mark. Uh, I guess so, man. Well, you know, I guess that's what happens when you get well, a Star Wars. Well, we're, we're going to get into the movie news, but like I actually think that this kind of pertains to that. Like we have a reboot. Of Spider-Man, right? And the sales have not been – were not terribly good on, on, on those and, and the sequel too, Amazing right. Spider-Man 2. Right. Like might that be a fair comparison? Like all this rebooting just gets people tired of this stuff? Yeah. And maybe it's just because those movies were not very good. But – Yeah, but I mean I do think there's – the, a case can be made that people are tired of going back to the beginning again. You know, it's like you you, you got to build on something. There has to be some semblance of continuity. Things need to count. So you know? my yeah, my favorite thing that like happened this year. I really enjoy Robert Kirkman's books. Yeah, and I, I spoke about my love of Invincible, but they had the 111th issue of Invincible. Okay, and on all the for all the ads for it, it would say, but they didn't say it was for 111th issue. It just said, number one, an all-new path. So there were three posters with, a giant, with giant number ones on them, mm-hmm. like advertising a new beginning, a new jumping on point. And everybody was like, oh, are they rebooting Invincible? And then at like a con, they revealed what it was, and they just put the three posters together, and it was issue 111. And Thanks. I was like, Kirkman's a genius. That's yeah. hilarious. Yeah, well, you know. I mean, he says some stuff about the big two that kind of makes me – like oh come on, but you know what? He's not off. He's not wrong. I mean, it's a little unfair. Granted, he probably wouldn't be where he's at without the big two. But I don't think the college metaphor that they, uh, the people at Image, have been saying is really all that far off. That you go to college at the big two and then you graduate and go work at like a creator-owned property. Yeah, makes sense. But anyway, big news. <laughs> the real news, I guess, is. Um... That Marvel, you know, after months of rumors and leaked emails and, you know, North Korean hackers and whatnot, we, we, a, a deal was formally announced between Marvel and Sony that would allow Spider-Man into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. 
Yay! Yeah, I mean, yay, definitely. Um, I think this is great. But, you know, like, I do think that we need to have our eyes wide open with what this deal is. I mean, Sony is still a partner in this. Um, They're still producing these movies. Um, It's just that now they're going to connect to the the movies that Marvel Studios has been producing. So, you know, Spider-Man can hypothetically be in the Avengers now. We It seems all but confirmed that he's going to be in, in Captain America Civil War, um, which is kind of, I think, where the the traction for this deal kind of started. You know, I think that, that Marvel was like, we got to make this happen, right? I mean, you know. I'm like, sure it's just going to be like a cameo somewhere yeah. in that film. Yeah. I mean, there's talk that they might even like, ratchet on a, a credits teaser in Avengers 2 to get the Spider-Man juices flowing. They don't even have to have an actor yet. Yeah, they, um, could, they could do it. Yeah, but uh, I, yeah. I doubt that they're going to do that. Well, you never know. Yeah, I mean, you but, know, right? uh, but, um, but no, I think it's definitely a good thing. But like, I, you know, like, I don't want to be negative, but I feel like, you know, as long as Sony is still involved. I, 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 I'm still a little hesitant and, spec- and skeptical, right? I mean, you know, it's not like these guys have gotten this character right now in a while. But you would think with Marvel at the helm that, you know, there there would be a little more oversight on what, you know, what's his face that Sony is doing, right? Right. Well, so Kevin Feige, who's, who's been the producer on, like, all of those Marvel films and is really running this this whole ship – He's coming in to work on the film and produce the film, which I think is a good sign. Like Marvel doesn't have a totally perfect track record, but you know, it's enough to like inspire me that they're going to provide some guidance on this character. What is – and I don't know that it's been formally announced, but there's you know, been kind of talk about it and like about that his creative desires have gone elsewhere. I could be wrong, but – to me, the big upside to this is that Avi Arad is no longer attached to Oh, he, film. It, he's officially out? Is that a fact? Or? It is not, like, confirmed, mostly just because, you know, being like Avi is out is uh, – it's kind of a kick in the butt, you know? Like, they don't – it's not really, like, a press-worthy thing for Sony. But, you know, there – but there have also been articles that I have read that say, like, he's focusing on other things like – the Super Mario Brothers movie that he wants to work on and <laughs> a bunch of other things that sound awful. And uh, so to me, uh, my takeaway is that he's no longer a part of this. That could be wrong, but it's very in heavily a, that way for me. I'm only interested in a Super Mario movie if John Leguizamo is in it. Right. <laughs> I, can't say Bob Hos- I can't say Bob Hoskins. R.I.P. But um, <laughs> well, I mean, uh, it might be more interesting if he's in it now. <laughs> That's very true. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. So this is good. Um, I'm excited. I think. I mean, for me, what makes this a good deal is I just I feel like it opens up the storytelling possibilities, um, both on the Spider-Man side and on the Avengers side. I mean, it's like we're no longer. We're we're starting to tear down these these kind of arbitrary restrictions that all these like separate studio deals that were made, you know, in a different time, you know, and and you know, I, I, you know obviously the last domino to fall will be the Fox properties. I don't know if that's ever going to happen. I, I mean, 
you know, I think the best case scenario that comes out of that is Fantastic Four is a bomb, and file and Fox gives up on that, and and they can return to Marvel because I feel like Marvel will Marvel would do good things with Fantastic Four that Fox just doesn't seem capable of doing. Yeah, um, I think or, that their X the movies least, have been as good as Marvel would likely do with them. Or at the very, or yeah, or at the very least, you know, if if Fantastic Four goes back to Marvel, we can have freaking Doctor Doom in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. That which would, would be cool. Yeah. So, but but like I said, the the storytelling possibilities to me is just good. I mean, like you know, I was I I I, I don't know as of this um, podcast if it's been published yet, but I I you know in my in my other life with ComicBook.com, I did a list of. You know, mom, comic book moments that would are now possible because of this deal, and it's like you know, it, there's a lot of good stuff that happened involving these characters from different studios. I mean, we can do Spider-Man Kingpin now. You could do Spider-Man Punisher now. You could do uh, Avengers and Norman Osborn now. You know, like <laughs> uh, it, you could have J. Jonah Jameson trash the Avengers, you know, in, in, in the Daily Bugle. I mean, you know, like it's 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 just stuff like that that, you know, maybe organically is where the story would you would want the story to go. But you couldn't because of these arbitrary restrictions. And that's yeah. out the window now. So to me, that's a good thing. So a couple of other details about this yes. um, is that it's going to be released. They're saying now it's going the film. So Sony is get, making another Spider-Man film, but it's not Spider-Man 3 or Amazing no. Spider-Man 3. It's whatever Sony and Marvel concoct. They're recasting. Andrew Garfield is not returning. Yeah. Which Andrew Garfield is not the problem with that series. No, but I can I can understand why they want to just right. start fresh. So it's coming out on July twenty eighth, twenty seventeen, which yeah. was the previous release date for Thor Ragnarok. So all of those films are getting pushed back. At least Captain Marvel and um, Inhumans are getting pushed back. Although Infinity War is staying where it is, um, right? And uh, which is weird um, because Captain Marvel was set to come out in between the two Infinity War films. And I always figured that it was going to be some way of like tying in Marvel Cosmic, you know, right. to that or something. But I mean, who knows what they have planned for that? Um, Sony is uh, no longer planning its release of the Sinister Six film in 2016, although it's rumored that there are other films, that film and the all female Spider Man film, are still in development. They haven't been canceled, though I could very easily foresee them being canceled. Um, based on however this shakes up. Yeah. Because, I mean, yeah. I, I, I also just don't see Marvel being interested in having the, those movies be part of canon. Right. Cause, right. Cause Although, I don't think they have say over that. Yeah, well, yeah, but I mean, okay. I mean, I mean although but, I don't know. I, we don't know the full details of this deal, although... But I was going to say, like, I mean, if, 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 if the part of the arrangement is that, the, you know, that all these movies connect now, I mean, you know, do they want... Right. Like this rogue Sinister Six movie that in no way relates to anything that's going on in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I mean it'll be it'll be interesting to see how Sony like what Sony does with this because so much of their financial like you know future was riding on their ownership of this property. Right. You know what I mean? So like what? I mean, heaven forbid they come up with original films, uh, but. Uh, I mean, we we saw how successful that was 
um, for uh, Jupiter Ascending, which I, you know, is the the original film that I can think of recently from a studio that bombed horribly. So, I mean, whatever that spells for the future of original cinema, but that's a whole other topic. Um, (laughs) uh, so that'll be interesting. Um, also that, you know, there was a a press release that was issued about it from the Sony executive, Doug Belgrad. Um, you know, he said, you know, uh, there, this new level of collaboration is the perfect way to take Peter Parker's story into the future. So, you know what that means, Mark? Miles Morales? Yeah, it looks like no Miles Morales for all those think pieces and people on Twitter that I've seen that are shouting for it to be Miles Morales. And look, I would love that as much as the next guy, but it's going to be Peter. Let's be real. But, 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 but I mean, let me ask you uh, – let me say something. I, I like Miles a lot. I think Miles is a great character. And, you know, I'd like to see somebody do something with Miles. But, like, I mean, I don't mean to be, like, so, like, outdated and stodgy. But, I mean, to me, if you're going to do Spider-Man, it's got to be Peter Parker. It's just got to be, like, right now. I mean, like, this is, like, especially since we haven't gotten a Peter Parker movie of satisfaction in a while. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, I don't know. Like, I, I, I would rather they be, like, if it's if it's a question of, you know, I heard some people kind of dismiss it. Oh, you know, they're they're moving in humans. They're moving Captain Marvels for another, you know, white superhero, white male superhero. And you know, I, I can see that being a point. And and if that's the case, you, you know, be colorblind in your casting. But like to me, like the this, the character whose story needs to be, in, you know, integrated into the universe is Peter Parker. It's not Miles. I mean, like I, the, the Miles. Peter Parker has 52 years of history and legacy that can be tied into this, these characters. Miles has four. Right. It just doesn't, it just doesn't, it doesn't, it's not the same. Well, I mean, I think it will, like casting miles and doing Miles' story. Like, I mean, if we were to do miles story straight from ultimate, it wouldn't make sense because it relies on the universe where Peter Parker is dead. That right. doesn't mean you couldn't change that and do the Miles Morales character, but then it might as well just be Peter Parker, but with colorblind casting, like you're saying. Right. That said, bringing in a, a like doing Spider-Man with a completely different character than Peter Parker could be the kind of like refreshing break from the history of Spider-Man movies that would create a level of mystery. I mean, I'm just playing devil's advocate here. Like, it could be kind of exciting to see a movie. I mean, it's exciting to see any movie where you don't know what's going to happen, you know. Um, and if right. that takes the form of different casting and different character, then like, so be it. That could uh, trust me. I w- could be excited about it. That yeah, being said, then, I would love to see Marvel finally get their hands on Peter Parker. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but I mean, keep in mind. I mean, you know, in the earlier part of this podcast, we just had this huge conversation about the fact that. You know, we just got this story about all these different Spider-Men and, you know, the biggest issue with it was that it did nothing with Peter Parker. You know what I mean? Like Peter Parker is – Peter Parker is – if you are a fan of Spider-Man, Peter Parker is the draw. And, like, I agree. We can't do another origin story. I'm done with origin stories. You know what I mean? Like like if, 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 you know, Marvel has to do the Spider-Bite, Uncle Ben, Aunt May, blah, 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 all over again – then this is a waste of time, you know. Like uh, they should like, just do uh, not for quality comparison sake, but for storytelling sake, they should do like a Batman Forever with this movie. Okay. Do you know what I mean by that? 
You mean Batman Begins or Batman, no, Batman Forever? Forever? It's like the 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 Riddler movie. Yes, I don't know how often you've seen that movie, and I haven't seen I, it. Last in time I saw it was probably 1996. <laughs> <laughs> As a child, I really enjoyed that film. Don't ask okay. me why. I think it's because I, I grew up watching Ace Ventura, and I yes. just loved seeing physical comedy from Jim Carrey. Okay, and there's a lot of great physical comedy in that movie from Jim Carrey. Yes. Very true. Okay, so it also, that being said, it also like yeah. Okay, continue. Yes, I'm not saying <laughs> reflective of the quality of that film because Joel Schumacher's Batman's are a nightmare for the most yes, part. True. Um, but <laughs> the storytelling structure of that film throws Batman into a story, and throughout its length reveals his backstory and they change it to make Two-Face kill his parents, which what? Right. Uh, that's dumb. But what I'm saying is you can – or like do it like a biopic, right? You tell a very specific story about a moment in time in Peter Parker's life, but you can also weave in his history through flashbacks or whatever. I'm just saying I think it should still happen because that's essential to the mythology of the character despite us knowing it. It, it would mean something to see it, but you don't need to, be, like, belabor us through the whole process over a whole movie. Does that make sense, Mark? Plenty of sense. Okay, wonderful. I'm done talking about that. I, I mean, you know, I, 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 I'm still a little confused about Batman forever being the model of anything, but... Uh. <laughs> okay, well, to that point, yes, uh, Sony is a, reportedly looking to recast Peter as a younger man still in high school... Um, and they're, they've reportedly already considered two actors, Logan Lerman and Dylan O'Brien. It doesn't mean that they're going to cast them. They're just considering it. I've heard Logan Lerman's name bouncing around a lot. You might remember him from uh, The Perks, Perks of, of Being a Wallflower. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the Percy Jackson movies. Did you see any of those, Mark? I, no, I've only seen Wallflower. Okay. Well, yeah, I thought he was decent in Wallflower. Um, Percy Jackson – uh, all I'll say about this is there's a sequence where Medusa is killed with an iPhone. Um, okay, I'm done. Uh, <laughs> but he's fine. I think he's fine. So, so if, if if they do in fact cast him, does that mean we're going to have like Spider-Man versus the Flash? Since Ezra Miller from Perks of Being a Wallflower is <laughs> the new Flash in the DC Cinematic Universe. <laughs> Start writing your fan fiction, Mark. There we go. We're on it. <laughs> and uh, Dylan O'Brien, you might have seen in the Maze Runner movie. Um, I thought he was charming in that movie. Um, and it was a decent YA adaptation um, compared to most of them. Um, I wouldn't yeah, so. mind either of them, but I will say that they're both 23 years old. And if we're going to cast him in high school, like, I'd rather him stay in high school. Mark, what do you think about this? Right. Well, I mean, you know, I'd rather. I, I... Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I'm terrible with casting qu- casting questions, and I know we have one about asking us who we think should be cast. And I'm I I, I always like I'm always more reactive. Like you you put those two names out there, and I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, that's those are interesting choices. Yeah, they're a little older, but you know that that's interesting. But if you ask me to like come up with an original thought for this, I'm really like, uh. Right, person. so we got a question from Thomas Smith who emailed us and asked – Is Toby Maguire available? <laughs> As he turns 40. Yeah. Uh, I've, heard, I've seen that around the internet. They're like, oh, it would be perfect for Civil War. He'll be a veteran superhero. No, stop. Just stop. Stop before you hurt yourself. 
<laughs> Although I guess that would make just as much sense as sense as rebooting this thing again. But right. <laughs> uh, Thomas Smith asked who we would cast as Peter Parker and Spider-Man. And Mark, I'm the same as you. I can't pluck someone out of nowhere, and that's why I'm not a producer. Right. Um, that being said, I will say these guys seem old to me for, for this reason. I would like Spider-Man to be like 16 years old, and here's why. The Marvel Universe right now is – like the cinematic universe is full of dudes in their like – 30s and like 40s right like it would be great to have an innocent kid as a part of this like someone who can like really be an outsider and i know everybody wants to see spider-man in an avengers movie i don't i want him to be the everyman of this universe the street level character that sees the stuff going on in the background but is too caught up in all of his own dealings with girls and and supervillains in his own little world. Hell, making crossover with this Daredevil TV show that's going to go well, on. Well, I was just, I was just about to say, Dan. I mean, this is one of the points I make in one of my articles. I mean, like, I almost see Spider-Man as more of a natural fit for like what they're doing with Netflix. So these have these, you know, all these street-level characters kind of, you know, meeting as the defenders. You know, like I, I, I think that makes more sense given Spider-Man's background, not not the the cosmic stuff, but yeah, you know, yeah. what do I know? I mean, like, personally, if I could choose a villain for him to fight, make it the Kingpin. Yes, I, I, I do say that in this article that has not been published yet. <laughs> I mean, make, me. it, make it the second arc of Ultimate uh, Spider-Man. Ultimate Spider-Man, yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I believe. <laughs> God. Am I reading your thing ahead of time? Yes, pretty much. Because the article was picking moments. And, and the moment I picked was him busting busting out the list of fat jokes to Kingpin in that story. Yeah. Well, that's okay. a great moment. One of the after, best moments. Yeah, after after tossing aside Electro and the Enforcers. Yeah. Um, great. But yes. Anyway. Well, so, while um, we're plugging pieces, I, 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 do, I will say that today I had published in The Village Voice a piece called Four Things the Movies Have Never Gotten Right About Spider-Man. And I'll put a link in right here. Check it out if you haven't already read it because uh, I'm pretty proud of it. Um, and it's caused a lot of buzz on Reddit, which I don't know why I bother even don't. going there. I, 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 I got, I got attacked by the, the Fs and that's ASPS of, of Reddit, uh, recently. And I, I think I'm done putting stuff over there, but yeah, I mean like there are good people on there, I'm sure. But like the people that respond to things like, I mean, whatever, it's the internet surprise. There are people that are butt hurt on the internet. <laughs> You sound butthurt, Dad. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah. Oh, someone didn't like my piece. Oh. <laughs> oh, Dan. Mark, do we have anything to add about this? No, I'm done. <laughs> we still got three hours left, right? <laughs> Longest episode ever. All right. So let's 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 be brief and talk about Spider-Man Rain. Love. Love. 
All right. So a couple of weeks ago, Dan and I and our respective sites participated in, I, I don't know if this is the fifth or the sixth uh, installment of the Superblog team-up, which is kind of this um, you know, collaboration of all these different comic book sites. You know, Dan, i got to be honest with you. When I first did this, I did this first, but I think before you even launched your site, and there were six of us. There's like 30-something sites, I think, in this I think, thing I think now. we now register as like a cabal at this point. Yeah, it, yeah. pretty much. <laughs> it's only a matter of time before we start sacrificing children. Every and, blog on the internet now. Yeah. Um, but with that aside, so I, I, I think in an effort to kind of bring some freshness to our approach, um, you know, the topic was was multiversal um, or alternate timeline stuff. So we were, So Dan and I were like, why don't we collaborate? And there's the perfect story. That we, you know, it is a multiversal story that we have strong differing opinions on, which is Spider-Man Reign. Um, Dan has always very been very positive about it. And I don't want to say that I've been very negative about it. At least I don't talk about it all that much. But it's, it's, it's not a story that I care for. It's, I don't quite get where the love comes in from it. So, you know, Dan kind of took the pro side. I took the con side. Uh, we asked from your feedback. Uh, we got a fair number of you that commented it on both our sites or on Twitter. Um, I, you know, I don't know if it's necessary for us to read through every one of your comments, but it does seem that Dan, people sided with you in the pro side. I mean, t- t- just briefly, if you can. I mean, what 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 do you like about Spider-Man: Reign? Uh, well, there's a lot of things I like about it, but um, again, I'll, I'll keep it brief. Um, wh- one of the things I, I think it just nails the character and his motivations particularly well while also providing an interesting new wrinkle to them. And, and um, Mark, I criticized you on the podcast and, and on Twitter like I want to do and um, about the radioactive sperm being your only defense. And, and I will say I was a little upset how much of your article was focused on the radioactive sperm. Uh, but, but nevertheless, nevertheless, I, I actually I think – the radioactive I'd, sperm is I'd say it was about – I think it was about 25 percent of my criticism. Well, there you go. So I actually took the, the pro on that. I think it's essential. The idea that um, Peter perceives it as his love or even the act of making love is what uh, led to the death uh, of his wife, Mary Jane. And the interesting wrinkle is that he through this story discovers that no, Mary Jane loved him – not only for who he is as Peter Parker, but also who he is as Spider-Man. And um, it's enough that this revelation then causes him to redon his red and blues and go out and fight crime. And I like that as, as kind of like a new lesson for Peter, that, um, you know, that, that people can love him for, for all aspects of, of who he is. And that by doing something like, you know, like living up to his responsibilities – his loved ones weren't ashamed of him. They were, they were proud of him for doing that. And I, I think it's an interesting wrinkle to the character. And I won't go into bad other things because I think there's a lot of other things I like about this book. But, um, but that to me is the core of the story. And so my kind of rejoinder to the radioactive spider sperm. Right. I mean for me, like you know, the reason why I, I, I don't care for the story all that much is not just because of the sperm. And, and you know, I mean to me the sperm is just kind of a – a symptom of a larger issue, which is that I feel like tonally it's, you know, this is, this is an interesting story, but it's not a Spider-Man story. In my opinion, I don't feel that, that, that I feel that, um, there is, 
you know, I think one of the one of the key points that I made in my argument wasn't you know wasn't so much a put down of 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 sperm, but um, I'm just gonna keep saying the word sperm though, um, sperm. Um, Let's not get that, caught up on the word sperm. Like, yeah, you're right. Like, you know, just, yeah, just, sex positive yeah. or whatever. But like, you know, I, I think people get caught up on how sperm is icky or whatever. You know, <laughs> but no, but no. In all seriousness. Um, you know, I, I, I do feel that there is kind of a segment of the fan base that, that is kind of militant about, you know, you know, we got to boil Spider-Man down and, and what is Spider-Man about? And it's it's responsibility. And 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 this is very true. And, you know, there's that very famous story that, you know, a lot of people who are currently unhappy with the state of, of Spider-Man comics that like they point to were at one of the Marvel retreats. I think this was kind of post one more day. Um, you know, they were, you know, the creators were asked to, you know, in one word describe Spider-Man and Tom Brevoort, you know, the executive editor of Marvel said youthfulness or youth, I think was his, his, um, his word. And, you know, people just were like, you know, went back, you know, back crazy about it because it was like, you know, this is why he can't be married. You know, you know, you know, it's about responsibility and, and, and learning to grow and blah, 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 blah. And whereas I agree that that is, you know, very large chunk. I do think that the youthfulness of the character and the brightness of the, and the, like bright, not bright, not intelligence, but physically, you know, literally bright, you know, cheery, bright colors, you know, Spider-Man is, you know, like I think of that cover to Brand, you know, the first issue of Brand New Day, where he's swinging through, or even the cover of the Amazing Spider-Man reboot by Ramos. It's 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 Spider-Man in the daylight swinging over the city. Um, there, it, there's a vitality to the character, and I feel by setting this in this dystopian dark future, which I know it's paying homage to to Frank Miller's Dark Knight Returns. Frankly, homage or what? I think it's a poor knockoff of it. Um, cause you know, it doesn't have this, the, the subtlety and, and intellect that Frank Miller's Dark Knight Return has. Well, that's, a tough, it, that's, that's a tough comparison. Cause that book is like widely considered the greatest graphic novel of all time. I know, but that's what I'm saying. Like you, you it's very difficult to pay um, Like if you're going to, if you're going to, you know, honor something to the degree that Spider-Man Reign does for something that's considered the greatest thing of all time, you, you better deliver one of the greatest stories of all time or you're just going to be a pale imitator. And, you know, but that aside, um, and I think that that's what's missing. But, the, but this vitality and youthfulness of, of what Spider-Man is to me is just completely, you know, vacant in this story because of A, the setting, and B, the fact that they put it, they age it into the future. And, like, you know, like I think the fact that, you know, radioactive sperm <laughs> it becomes like this catalyst because it's i know yes it's the act of love but like I, like you know spider-man lost someone because of love because you know they were you know he lost them in the course of battle and to me that feels more about what spider-man is it's 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 you know it, it it's you know it was the death of innocence and when, when gwen got pushed off the bridge uh and again kind of playing with the youthfulness and the vitality whereas you know with with MJ, it was this, you know, we, we grow old and, uh, you know, our, our, this mature love we have, you know, we, we, we make love like mature, you know, like a mature couple does. And that's what killed her. It just, I don't know. It doesn't jive with what I consider to be what the character is. That's fine. 
I mean, I, I, I'm not, gonna, I'm not gonna like if if that doesn't work for you, I, you okay. know that that's fine. I can understand that that point, but it, you know, it's for me, it's an alternate take on what yeah. the character would be like, and I think it's totally faithful. I think when he finds himself again, you get that joy. You get that, you know, even the the hallucinations are. Bright and colorful, like Mary Jane runs him over with a car to wake him up, and uh, you know, there's all these little details in there about. And yes, okay, it can be heavy, like it's a heavy story, but it's also countered by Spider-Man uh, punching through a mirage of Mary Jane that's actually Mysterio, and then yelling at him for dressing up like his wife. You know, like there's there's definitely levity here. It right. might not be and- overwhelming, but. And, and and I think I should also just put forward. It's not like I hate this story. I don't even think it's uh, like one of the. It's not like one of the worst stories or anything like that. Sure. I just don't. I just don't see where the fandom comes from with it. I think that's what it boils down to. Your, your problem is that it got on like the top fifty Spider-Man stories of all time. Or whatever. Yeah, I mean, and 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 you know, to be to be fair, Dan, there's like fifty other stories that I would pick over that one. I mean, you know, I would pick. I would probably put like Spider-Man Noir over this, you know what I mean? And not that Spider-Man Noir is a top fifty story. Oh, that that can't be true, really. Oh, yeah, it might be. I don't know. We'll see. All right. Well, <laughs> I'm gonna really take issue with that, but oh, I'm sorry. Well, let's not get into it. But then. at the end of the day, Mark, I don't have to take issue with it because guess who won? Yes, you, 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 your, your, your victory, Dan. In a landslide, <laughs> I might have you. Okay. Well, you know. <laughs> So thanks to everyone who commented and contributed and, you know, we appreciate it. Um, you know, I did have a comment on my site that said that they thought radioactive sperm was effing brilliant. So, you know, what do I know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, look, it was a good, it was a good time. I liked reading your piece despite the amount of focus you put on radioactive sperm. It really wasn't that much, Dan, but that's okay. (laughs) To me, it felt like an eternity. Oh my goodness! You know, you, to you, three sentences would be an eternity because it's it's about more than sperm. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, uh, it's well, tender we, love. <laughs> <laughs> um, you're making me out to sound like such a like sap, but uh, maybe I am. Perhaps I am. Um, I mean, well, we disagree about this book, but you want to talk about something we both agree on? What would that be, Dan? <laughs> Amazing Spider-Man Volume Two, Number Thirty Five. In the living room, your pipe and slippers set out for you. I know you think that it ain't too far, but I, I hear so, um, we sadly, and I, I do mean sadly, and this kind of ongoing readers' club series of sorts that we've been doing since the start of Spider Verse, you know, it's a shame that. I think that we appreciated the older issues infinitely more than the newer ones, but perhaps uh, a good pairing, though. Yes, yeah, a good pairing. I mean, in, in in a lot of ways, it's kind of like 
you know, I think by reading um, these these older issues to, from the Coming Home arc um, from 2001 with J. Michael Straczynski and John Romita Jr., um, and then, you know, kind of reading them in tandem with the Spider-Verse stories, I mean, not for nothing, it does kind of, like, make the flaws of Spider-Verse even more pronounced because, you know, you, you, you're, you're, you're basically putting up it against one of the greatest stories, uh, at least for the last 20 years, probably. Right. I mean, you can make a case it's one of the greatest stories in Spider-Man history, period. Um, and um, Well, it's a nice chaser to, to the yeah, shot of yeah. uh, well, it's kind of like, you know, it's kind of like starting your night with, like, well scotch and then, you know, having some, you know, a nice, nice, you know, very aged, you know, $200 class of it. So, um, <laughs> but, um, so, of course, um, in issue 35, this is the last one of the arc. Um, this is, this is Peter finally, this is Peter getting the better of Moreland for the first time. You know, people who have been reading Spider-Verse, Peter references being able to, having defeated Moreland twice before. Uh, this is the first and, the, and to me the best one. Uh, I know that that for some people they do like the other storyline. I'm kind of hit or miss with it. Um, right, but I, I mean, mean, I would almost say like the other is who kills Moreland the second time. That's fair too. Um, but see, but but you know, like he, you know, talking about you know textbook examples of of good storytelling. I mean, like you know. We have been building and we've been building and, you know, in, in, in this storyline, I mean, we even had one issue that was just a fight. You know what I mean? Like, I, I mean, you don't get less nuanced than that. And yet, like, the big, the big unveiling is, is Peter overcoming odds, not because, you know, he's the strongest or the fastest or the biggest or the crap. It's, it's because he's, he's intelligent because he's got guile because he's resourceful because he's not afraid to sacrifice himself right and you know for the greater good i mean you know he even makes you know comments so basically you know the the the, the trick to beating moreland as we we now know is, is radiation radioactivity um so he injects his blood with another dose of radiation and, and as he's doing it he's saying this is this probably will kill me or boil my blood or boil my blood but I'm going to do this anyway because, at the you know worst case scenario, Moreland doesn't get the feed on me. Yeah. Which is you know like, I don't know. To me, that's 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 Spider-Man in a nutshell. Sure, absolutely. You know, it's it's it, 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 he's not being. He's, this is not out of self-preservation, but this is out of you know the greater good. You know, like if 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 you know this will either this will either put. Moreland out of commission, or if it kills Peter, Moreland will be able to feed on him and live for another hundred years. You I know, mean, like yeah, one of one of Peter's defining traits is his stubbornness in the face of death. You know, right? Like he's he'll do anything. You know, like he'll lift that metal off of his body. He will he will do what it takes to survive, even if it, he doesn't make it. Yeah, right. well, exactly. And but but but. But again, he does what he takes to survive when he sees a greater good that comes out of it. Right. You know what I mean? Like, so I think that's 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 also an, an important. I mean, it, it's not just I got to live because you know my life's still in front of me. You it's know, not it's not just a, torturing Sandman. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so you know, and of course, you know what 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 happens is. You know, he he does this injection. He doesn't die, although you know it kind of knocks him out for for a bit. But when Moreland goes to feast, he can't he can't feed off his energy because it's it's tainted energy, and we get this 
you know, brilliant panel from Ramita where Peter is just turning around like, you know, he's kind of, first he kind of builds it up. You know, you, you, you thought that, you know, I was the, the purest, tastiest totem out there, blah, blah, blah. Well, guess what, buddy? It's, I'm not pure. And it's just like, I don't know. To me, that's probably one of my all-time favorite Spider-Man panels right there. Absolutely. The full page. I mean, John Romita Jr., who are you? Like, who yeah. are you, man? Like, yeah. awesome stuff. I mean, but, but I mean, even beyond that, like JMS, the, the page before is just that monologue leading up to that moment. Mm-hmm. And, you know, talk about exposition. It's just pure exposition. But, like, it's the best damn ex- exposition you've ever read. There's a lot of that in this storyline, and, it, and it's all great exposition. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, like, there's just so much depth of character and and trying to understand who this character is and reflection. I mean, like, you know, in a lot of ways, you know, I almost wonder if, Straczynski is monologuing like this because he's he's learning about the character and kind of like exploring the voice of it. You know, you know, it's 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 not just this. It's not just for our benefit. I think it might be for the writer's benefit. You know what I mean? Like the way he just kind of like just keeps, you know, drilling deeper and deeper and deeper. I mean, it, it's and just like you know, yeah, to have you know to to build, to build, to build, to build, and then just have this beautiful, huge, joyous page of Spider-Man winning. Um, and, but then also have those words, I'm not pure on that page. And I feel like, like, again, that's like, you know, you talk about the Spider-Man mythology and themes of Spider-Man and what Spider-Man's about. And, you know, I think those, those words sum up a lot, you know, like we, we had this debate, Dan, not between each other, but I think us and some other fans about, you know, during the whole superior arc. Uh, during that one big storyline where Otto is wiping his mind. Yeah, and, issue nine, yeah. Yeah, and Peter has that moment uh, where, you know, he almost prevented Otto from doing the surgery on the little girl. And it, it, it was a fleeting moment, and I think that was established. Like, it wasn't, you know, like, and, and even Peter's like, it was just a moment. And, you know, but, but Otto was able to kind of beat him into submission because of his guilt over it. And there were some fans like, Peter, you know, Peter would never do it just a moment. You know, he always does the right thing. And it's like, no, Peter doesn't always do the right thing. And he's had moments. And those moments have led, and, and you know, what's kind of tragic about Peter is his moments have always seemed to blow up in his face. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Like, like, you know, like, it's just... You know, this is a character that can't can't win when it comes to his moments. You know, like it's it's part of what makes him so obsessive about responsibility. It's because anytime he's you know steered from that path, it's gone horribly wrong for him. But he still steers from that path because he's human. Right. He's not pure. He's not. He's not a god. He's not. A, he's not a perfect textbook totem. You know what I mean? Like he's he's human. You know, not a misfit though. <laughs> He's not a misfit. Um, <laughs> looking back on, like, I know we're not done talking about the issue, but like, you know, hearing him say these words and, and, and the exposition, you know, this story, I think, to me, and you know, R- Roger Stern maybe as well, but I, I can't think of a of a of a clearer voice for Peter in Spider-Man comics, like a, a more defined and consistent. Like this is Peter's voice uh, in a comic book. I mean, 
Would you would you agree or, or who would you rate up there with this? Definitely Stern. I think you could make a case for like early DeFalco. Okay. Yeah. But but that's about it. Yeah. I mean, I mean Stan cre- and, and Dicko created the character, but you know, they were still figuring things out. This yeah. is a, like a fully complete character. Yeah, I mean, definitely Roger. St- I mean, Roger Stern's dialogue. It just, I mean, not even just for Spider-Man, but period. It's just, it's just stuff of legends. I mean, yeah. the guy just like knows how to write dialogue yeah. and and knows how to capture voice, um, make distinguish, you know, distinguish different characters. And and I, I think you know the only reason why I say Defalco is, I mean, and Defalco would probably be the first to admit it. I mean, he was kind of aping Stern when he started. Right. You know, like, you know, like it was I think like, well, he I said as much on our show. Yeah, exactly. Um, but he did a good job of it for what it was worth. Um, you know, I love, I love Jam Demetrius theme, the themes he explores, but I don't know if he's got the same sense of voice. At least in this story. Right. But I'm just saying like, like, I mean, Jam D's got like a great handle on like some themes that are worth exploring, but like, you know, um, but you, you, but yeah, like you said, this that this that that grasp on the character and who this character is and what this character would say, what this character would think. Um, yeah, I would say this arc is probably textbook. Um, I would, you know, it's this. I would say like nothing can stop the juggernaut by Stern is up there. Um. I don't know. Like, where? Well, I mean, in terms of like great character voice stories, what else is there? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, well, um, this is pretty damning of our favorite character. No, <laughs> <laughs> but like, but you know, there, but there are stories that are great in different ways. But right, like, right. but like you said, but if you're talking about like, like you said, like, like having Peter the at the forefront, like his voice at the forefront. Yeah. Yeah. This. I don't know. For me, this is tops. I love Juggernaut a lot too, though. Yeah, That's no, the- I love Juggernaut too. And and you know, I love Juggernaut more than you, Mark. Uh, and nothing could top stop my love for the Juggernaut. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I just, I just, yeah, no, I can't, I can't think of anything. Well, else. add on to that, you know, JMS does what Slot couldn't do in Spider Verse. He adds on a uh, a moral. Decision after this, where Peter just has to make a decision about stopping Moreland by killing him or relenting. Right. And uh, there's a little bit of a cheat. A little bit of a cheat because Dex comes out of nowhere and kills Moreland off for him. Yeah, but and, and, I mean, the least, at least with that, like, you can say that there was some foreshadowing with Dex. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it makes sense. And, like, it didn't, uh, it didn't come out of nowhere. You know what I mean? This was not like, you know, the, the sledgehammer of plot. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, this was, this was kind of a, a subtly worked in subplot that, you know, I think was a legitimate surprise when it first happened. But when you go back and think of it, like, oh, okay, that's not crazy. Well, he, I mean, he also, like, does something really smart with it, which he has Spider-Man meet him outside and be like... You know, I don't want to see you, like, you know, see you anymore. And and he could have taken him to the police, but he, like, recognizes Dex's pain right. as his own pain. And that he may have been capable of killing Moreland himself. And so he's not going to take Dex into the police. Um, right. Because 
Yeah, and, 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 you know, Peter even pray like he does a prayer to God at one point, like, you know, to, to leave him alone. Like, and, but he knows that he might have gone through with it. Right. Right. What do you think of uh, a reptile creature, Moreland? Yeah, that was pretty freaky, right? I mean, I don't even know what exactly that was supposed to be. I mean, it was, I mean, just just besides like kind of like the disintegration of the character. I mean, yeah, like his body is just fused with radioactivity or whatever. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, again, the art is just phenomenal. I mean, you know, like just terrifying, right? I mean, you know, like, I don't know. To me, like that image was more terrifying than like, you know, Tom McFarlane's lizard, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> in its own subtle way, you know? But also like, he's like incredibly weak. Like yeah. I, I love all the mentions. And in this issue they have a couple of them too where it's like it's nothing personal. Like I kind of like you even. Yeah, yeah. Um, Do you have anything oh, else to say, Mark? No, no. Um, yeah, I always have things to say. You know that. <laughs> um, I just like the fact that so, you know, the the fight with Moreland is kind of over, what, you'd say, like, halfway through this issue? Sure. And we have, like, you know, here, something else that we don't get, it seems, in in slot comics right now, although we are getting an epilogue issue. Um, but, like, this, like, this moment of reflection, you know what I mean? Like, like, you know, the battle is over, the war is done, and now, like, like you have a character who's going to, He's going to think about it and talk about it and, and, and be like, did I, you know, like you said, he, he, you know, he's thinking about what I've gone through with it. What, you know, like, like there's this, again, it's just that idea of like trying to flesh out a character and develop a character and, 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 you know, like it, it you know, it, it's, it's not about who the character is shacking up with or, you know, like, or what if what Silk just appeared at the end of this issue and started making out with him? Right. I mean, it's like, that's not why I read these comics. Yeah. I read these comics for these moments of introspection and insightfulness and, 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 and just humanity. It's, uh, that's what it boils down to. It's humanity. You know, like, I, I don't know how else you said it at the start of this podcast, Dan, but like, this is just a story that is filled with humanity, um, which sounds, makes me sound like all, you know, full of it, I guess, but you, well, uh, <laughs> despite you being full of it, uh, and, and, and speaking of human drama, yeah. we, we have one of the biggest reveals in Spider-Man history here at the end of this issue, right? Which is Aunt May discovering, uh, like we alluded to before, she's coming to get his laundry. She walks in. Yeah. And Peter is bandaged to all hell. Yeah, and 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 not to not to go, not to tangent here for a second, but again, like when you talk about the long game and building on a story, here is what we're talking about because, like, you know, this little throwaway detail from a few issues earlier, like, oh, we're gonna go do laundry gets paid off, you know what I mean? Like in, in an organic way, you know? Yeah. And, and of course the reveal is, tell him, Dan. Aunt May discovers that Peter is Spider-Man. Yes. End of comic. End of comic. And then unfortunately, or, you know, unfortunately on many levels, you know, they never got, they, they had to wait a month or two to pay this story off because then the, the, the next issue ended up being the 9-11 issue. Yeah. Um, the tone in your voice was <laughs> like you're almost gleeful, Mark. Gleeful? 
<laughs> no. No, of course not. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, like, I always talk like about... Comics where, I always like comics where Dr. Doom is crying. Right. <laughs> um, I mean, there are a lot of bad... <laughs> there were a lot of bad things that happened to the world after this comic, but... Uh... <laughs> I think Mark is what Mark is trying to say is the delay of the answer to this cliffhanger was was foremost in his mind. Yes. And let's also add in when we finally did get to that issue, the conversation. I mean, you know, I mean, this is where like. This is I mean, this is also part of the reason why, like, like the Straczynski run ends up just frustrating me to all hell, because like the front half of it is just so utterly brilliant. And then, like, I feel like once we get out of, like, ASM 500, which is not one of my favorite issues, but it's still really good, um, it just kind of goes downhill. And then you get, like, Sins Pass, and then it becomes, like, event fever. Well, as soon as, as, soon as uh, JRJR leaves, yeah, it kind of falls yeah. apart. And, and a lot of that, I think, is due to editorial mandates. Yeah, no, I know. But... Um, the, the, but the fact is like, I mean, like the fact that you follow up this story and, you know, putting aside what you think of the quality of the nine eleven issue, I mean, um, but then to have it with the, the conversation between Peter and Aunt May, I mean, that story is just, that story is beautiful to me. I can't, that's, that's one of my all time favorite stories. I, I mean, mean, there's so many good ones. Enough said issue with that yeah. silent is wonderful. Yeah. The, um, the day in the park with Aunt May. Mm-hmm. Is a favorite of mine. I got JRJR to sign my copy of that, and he was like, "Why this one?" And I was like, "I, I just think it's great, <laughs> you know." And it might be because of JMS, but he right. does he does fight that like vibration man, which I always kind of liked. Yeah, why this one? JRJR asked, and Dan goes, "Why not? Just sign it. Just sign it." Artist monkey. <laughs> what am I paying you for? <laughs> he's one of those guys that you pay to sign things. Oh, d- does he? Okay. Well, it was for the Hero Initiative, so I was more than happy to. Oh yeah, that's true. that's fine. No, yeah. I mean, yeah, I I, I like that. He even um, threw me a little Spider Man, so can't complain. There you go. I I I'm yet to meet Romita. He seems like a nice guy. And I was like, hey, I love you and your father. And he's like, I'm not comparable to my father. He's a way better artist. And I was like, no, I think I like you guys both. And he's like, you're not allowed to. (laughs) So, and I was being sincere. Like, I think he and his father are like my two favorite artists on the book. So, see, see, I wonder if like people like go up to him at cons like they do with. Did I tell you what happened when I met Umberto Ramos at the at the last New York Comic Con? Like the guy in front of me, like pulls up this like stack of comics to sign, and one of them was like it was like some '90s Clone Saga issue, and it it was by like the inker was Rodney Ramos. Oh, <laughs> so Umberto's like I I, I didn't work. I, I it's not me. It's he's like. And the guy's just like, sign it anyway. And I'm like, I wonder how many people go up to like JRJR, like with like Spider Man No More. And they're just like, hey. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, no, it's my dad. It's like, just sign it anyway. Oh, God. (laughs) Well, not to get like too too off on a tangent, but uh, I got really lucky because um, uh, it was just advertised that he was going to be there, but his father. Was actually there as well. So getting in the line, I had no idea. And then I got to like talk to uh, Ramita Senior 
um, right afterwards. So, that, like, he just so happened to walk up, and I was like, oh, my God. Uh. I'm assuming this is Baltimore. Yeah, this is in Baltimore, which anybody in the Baltimore area, you got to go to Baltimore Comic Con. I mean, yeah. to this day, it remains my favorite con. Yeah, I mean, if you go this year, if you're on the East Coast again, maybe I'll finally go. I'm, I may fly out there for that if, um, you know, depending on my job or whatever I'm doing. Who knows right. what I'll be doing? Right. You're, you're like Peter Parker, man. Just let it, let it ride. There you go. Um, so, yeah, end of, end of this storyline was great. Um, you know, I think we should do this again, Dan. I don't know how to thematically figure it out, but I kind of like this issue by issue following an arc th- and its through line. I mean, maybe, maybe we can pick like a street level gang arc or something, um, to go to kind of saddle up with, um, the Jerry Conway series coming up. Well, that would be really fun. Uh, I mean, I'd love to, we'd love to find, you know, what you guys think about this, you listeners, you know, if this was like us belaboring on a story for too long, you know, or if you liked, you know, reading along with us, um, um, let us know. Shoot us an email. Exactly. What the, what the Dan said. <laughs> well, it looks like it's the end of the show. Alas. Yeah. How many hours have we clocked in on, Dan? We're, we're approaching two hours rapidly. Oh, my God. Can you believe it, Mark? Yes, because I'm looking at my clock and I'm like, oh, wow. I've been, yeah, it's a, that's about two hours. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful subtraction skills there, Mark. There we go. There we go. Um, well, let's it, let's it, close it out then. Okay, because, yeah, it's broad daylight by you in L.A. right now, but for me. Not quite, but I do have dinner on the stove. Okay. Is it more curry? No, it is not more curry. It's uh, some meatball concoction. Are you allowed to eat chocolate again or no? Yes. Well, I was on this crazy diet, not to get into too many details, but uh, yes, I can eat chocolate again now, Mark. Okay. Well, you know, people say the closing of our show is too predictable, so now they a little, little something different in there. Oh, there you go. Find out what <laughs> diet Dan is on. Well, okay, but take us home for real. Right, of course. <laughs> well, of course, you can find all of our new Amazing Spider Talk and old Superior Spider Talk podcasts at superiorspidertalk.com, and uh, you can hear more golden kernels or whatever I want to say, uh, like that conversation we just had. <laughs> Right. Uh, or you can find us on iTunes and Stitcher by searching for Amazing Spider Talk or just Spider-Man if you want. And if you do, make sure to leave us a rating and a comment to let us know how we're doing, and we'll be sure to read it on the air. We've been got a comment list re- recently, so uh, we know you're out there. Leave us some comments. We need them. And if you have any opinions on these comics or any questions, make sure to email them to us at AmazingSpiderTalk at gmail.com, and we'll address and read them on the air as well. And uh, since it's been forever since we discussed this last, about an hour, I bet, Mark, uh, reminder that we need your votes to decide on our new podcast music, so be sure to send in your votes for what entry you want, one, two, or three. Yes, Dan. And uh, if you want to find out what Mark or Dan is cooking for dinner tonight, be sure to check out both of our Facebook pages at facebook.com slash superior spider talk and facebook.com slash chasing amazing because they're actually great places to keep up with us in between shows, share recipes, 
and uh, share articles that we've written about other breaking news about the Spider-Man universe. I'm waiting for these Spider-Man themed recipes. I think I think that's the point at which your blog jumps the shark, Mark. <laughs> nothing, nothing could stop these chocolate brownies. <laughs> um, Did you inherit that recipe from your parents? Uh, uh, I, I might have. I I I think it's. All I know is, or with my son, it's meatloaf no more. Um, <laughs> These are our dad jokes for the episode. Yes, exactly. Um, don't, also, don't forget to check out our friendly neighborhood Spider Talk members club that helps support our show and makes me get tongue-tied every time out. Um, <laughs> That's Dan, that itself was tongue-tying. Yes, yes. So, Dan, where can we find you on the internet? Of course, you can uh, follow me on Twitter at, at Dan Gavazdan. Um, and you can read my movie reviews at grindmyreels.com. Um, and you can read all my Spider-Man stuff and my team Spider-Man stuff at superiorspidertalk.com or follow us on Twitter at, at SupSpiderTalk. Um, I also started a brand new podcast. So if you like this podcast, well, Mark isn't on this other podcast. So if you, if you don't <laughs> you like, like me, podcast. <laughs> if you like me, or then you can come check out my other podcast. It's a brand new podcast. We just had our first episode this week with my friend Brian Rowan, who's also a film critic. And um, it's called Movie Dare, where, Mar- where uh, Brian and I dare each other to watch movies that we would typically avoid uh, like at Batman all forever. costs. What? Like Batman Forever? Like Batman Forever. <laughs> uh, and, and, and various other ones uh, uh, and, and that are submitted by listeners. So if you listen to the show, you can recommend us to watch or dare us, if I dare say, Ooh. Uh, Ooh. To, to, watch, uh, to watch these movies. Um, it should be a lot of fun, a lot of good jokes. And uh, Brian and I have had many shows before and our own TV show, and now we're – Back at it again with this new show, Movie Dare. You can find it on iTunes and at movie-dare.com to join in on the fun. So that's my big announcement. What about you, Mark? Well, I don't have any big announcements, but um, you can, of course, find me at www.chasingamazingblog.com. Uh, we've been going through all of the old brand new day issues uh, recently. Um, we're actually almost almost to the end of like the run of issues that just say brand new day at the top so i might you know kind of take a quick break once i get there um and then maybe i'll start resuming um from that era of issues again uh after like a month or so because it's actually been a lot of fun and i don't know dan i don't know i don't know if you've been checking them out but it's like you know like oh wow these are like back to basic spider-man stories yeah i i I refreshing i really enjoyed brand new day i mean i you know one 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 more day like notwithstanding Brand New Day was, I mean, it's the kind of Spider-Man I like reading. And not all of them were, you know, out of the out of the park. And not all the decisions, like Jackpot and stuff, are, are great. But the core essence of the character and his little small battles with villains is really fun. Yeah, and the supporting cast and... The and mayoral kind of, election. Yeah, exactly. It's like, it, this, it, it just seems like there's a lot going on and... It feels very vibrant, it's you a know. Rich so, universe, yeah. Exactly. Um, so, so be sure to check that out. Um, you can always tweet me at chasing uh, ASM blog, um, where you know I, I got a lot of tweets over the last few days about what I thought about movie news and Spider-Man 14. If I'm not getting back to you, it's just because I'm not always on Twitter around the clock. But you know, keep those tweets, and I'll get to them as soon as I can. 
Um, and then you can also find my other comic book writing at uh, the appropriately titled comicbook.com. Um, that's a very easy address to learn, I think. That's where you write about uh, movies, right? Yeah, that's where I write about movies. Um, no, so, and there, you know, just keep your eyes peeled. There should be a fair amount of, um, of Spider Man related content uh, over the next few days because of the big Marvel Sony announcement. Um, and I actually did a, a fairly relevant re- release to Spider-Man people a few uh, last week in celebration of Spawn number 250. I did a top 10 Tom McFarlane covers list. Oh, I read uh, that. It was great. Uh, thank you. Um, you know, I'm, I'm sure anyone who knows who, you know, knows like my favorite stuff about comic can probably figure out what my number one cover was, but you know, <laughs> yeah, I was not surprised. No. Well, you know what? I'm not about surprises. I think, I think that that book needs to go like into like retirement for you. Okay, we'll see. Uh, <laughs> we're, well, we're so, oh, sorry, what were you going to say? <laughs> uh, Mark, I, I heard you bumped into uh, the spider totem Uncle Ben. Yeah, you know, he was he was carrying, um, well, he thought he was carrying a baby, but it ended up being a naked pig. <laughs> Something just got mixed up, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, that um, happens all the time for me. Yeah, yeah. And then, like, you know, he was telling me about this conversation he had earlier in the day, um, with um, this young girl, Mayday, who is like, I don't know, like she was just being really impetuous with him and like kind of like sassing him. And, you know, she just wanted, he wanted to remind her, like, look, you know, you need, to, you know, you need to remember. She's like, yeah, yeah, power responsibility. He's like, no, no, no. It's with great podcasts, there must also come. And the must also come is very important. Amazing Spider Talk. <laughs> 